Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. My intention with this experiment is to inspire hope and inspiration in your creative pursuits. Follow along as I interview artists, makers, entrepreneurs, and creatives from all walks of life. Listen while you work, listen while you create, listen while you dream up the next breakthrough idea. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, or craft, whatever that may be. These interviews are evidence of that fact. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe to the show and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share this with your friends, family, and all those creative people you know out there. Now, let's dive into this concept we call creativity. What's happening, art lovers? Taylor G here. I'm pumped about this one. I'm very excited. Got a special guest with me today. His name is Josh McMurtry. Josh McMurtry. He's the man. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, I've known him for years. We've been on all sorts of adventures together. One of them being Burning Man. Um, Other adventures have been more local, but still pretty amazing in in their own right. Um, Josh has helped me with a bunch of videos. Uh, he has created a video for live wedding art in the past, and we just did a video showcasing my new project at Together We Grow in Temecula. It's the one with all the murals throughout the school. You can see it on my Instagram feed down there a little bit and on my Facebook page for Taylor G Murals. So if you want to see an example, you can go there. You can also go to Josh McMurtry's uh, website. I'll have the uh, link in the show notes for you. And yeah, say what's up to him on Instagram. He's out there. He just wants to say hi and let you know what's going on, show you some video. He's always throwing up cool shots of the coastline here in San Diego. And uh, in this interview, we dive into the art of videography. We talk about him traveling the world, Uh, literally looking through his video camera lens and there are some really really cool stories that he's got and then also we dive into the power of presence in communication between people between humans and uh, I feel like it's extra poignant right now when the entire world is very divided on a lot of things and a lot of people are saying things to each other but oftentimes we don't listen as much and Josh is very heavily weighted on the listening side, and it's uh, it's powerful. You can feel it when you're around him, so I'm sure you'll pick up on that on the interview. Um, yeah, and another cool thing is that Josh McMurtry is the husband of Aaron McMurtry, who I interviewed in a previous episode. Can't think of which episode it is off the top of my head, but it'll be in the show notes, and you can check it out, so... Uh, they're a very creative couple and have a very special place in my heart. So without further ado, Josh McMurtry. Welcome back to the podcast, art lovers. Taylor G here with the, uh, with the one and only Josh McMurtry. Now, Josh is a really good friend of mine. We've been on tons of adventures together and, uh, yeah, we are we're regular confidants on in our artistic journeys and 
yeah i'm really excited to have him here josh thanks for being <laughs> on the podcast thank you so much for having me taylor that brought a big smile to my face my man <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah um yeah so josh why don't you start by giving us a little background who you are where you come from how you got to here all right Hello, everybody. My name is Josh, and uh, I'm originally from the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. Grew up there till I was about 15, then moved to Encinitas with my family, where I've lived uh, for the past, wow, 15 years now almost. Mm. Um, been an artist my whole life. I come from a family of artists. Both my parents actually met at the uh, Art Center for Design in Pasadena, and my sister Megan is a painter as well. Um, I started college out as a fine art major, actually, and then halfway through, I decided to buy a camera to take to the zoo and the wild animal park to photograph animals, because one of my favorite things to do is make art out of animal portraits, or create animal portraits, and soon as I got into photography a little bit, I just completely fell in love with it and basically um, put a pause button on drawing, switched my major, and um, emphasized in visual arts media from UCSD. And um, yeah, just went full in. Graduated in 2003. And then I went directly onto a 10-week backpack photo adventure extravaganza all throughout Europe and um, just completely fell in love with architectural landscape photography. And um, then from there, I kind of became a professional photographer in LA. I moved back to LA with uh, an ex-partner of mine and used to do um, headshots and bands and weddings and events and had a lot of fun doing that. It was really fun to explore uh, photography, but I kind of, again, kind of came to a plateau of it. And I was like, oh, wow, video, I still get to use my cameras and my lenses and work with compositions and lighting, but then, you know, adding the music and the narrative and the story to create uh, a piece of something that had emotion just... Um, had a real big calling to me so I uh, pretty much pushed paused on photography and dove straight into video work um, about almost seven years ago now and still doing it to this day that's awesome and it's really cool thinking back to you I mean we've probably known each other for about seven years and uh you must have been like on one of your last weddings that you were doing as a photographer when <laughs> uh, you proposed the idea to me to do a painting at a friend of yours wedding that you were working, which ended up birthing live wedding art. Wow. That's amazing. I, I don't think I was really aware of that. Oh, yeah. And it was really interesting because at that point, we didn't I didn't have the flow down. Um mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't, it was me and Tony work on this and, uh, there, it just, I didn't think it w would work. Like mm. it went really poorly and I was like, no, nope, there's a reason you don't see wedding painters very like ever. <laughs> and, uh, but then we went back to the drawing board. 
uh, and figured it out. So why don't you dive into videography a little bit? Like what's your favorite part? What are some of the challenges that you enjoy? What are the things you don't like? Hmm. Videography in my life keeps my life so exciting and fresh. I am, I'm a freelance videographer. So I work with different clients and different companies and artists and healers and entrepreneurs and small business owners. And so my life is very exciting because it's different all the time. And I am constantly going to new places. And I think the thing I enjoy most about it is just really working with such a variety of people doing such different things. And the fact that I get to use my skill set and my abilities to help them create the message that they want to put out into the world is very, uh, very gratifying for me. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, and, mm-hmm. Sorry to, to interject just for the people. Um, Josh has done videos for me. And I feel like one big thing that you're doing in that whole process is like, is coaching mm-hmm. people through the process that they're mm-hmm. not familiar with. That's uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. And you knock it out of the park. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I've, I've been, my wife, Erin, she is a health nutritional women's coach. And so I've just been in that coaching world for the past probably seven or eight years as well. And just, I'm so drawn to when somebody knows how to hold space for you and ask you the right questions to get you to the answer inside of you that you already had, but you just weren't able to access on your own. Like that is such a magical space to play with. And in video, I think I do a really good job at kind of seeing people for who they really are and getting to, you know, peel back and, and take down the guards and the fronts and the layers that, you know, naturally come up when a camera's pointed at somebody and, and really help them to get to the why, you know, why they're doing what they're doing, not so much what they are. Like, it's just not that interesting just to hear people like, doing this but for me personally like i just want to hear why somebody is doing what they're doing like what part of their work or their life or their craft inspires them or where that comes from and you know um i think that i just have a way to people feel really safe and really seen and really um able to open up to me even though they're opening up to, <laughs> you know, a, a much bigger audience. But in that moment of the capture, um, it's just so important to make people be able to surrender to that, uh, the truth inside. Yeah. Totally. Um, what would you say, like, for example, for everybody, like what layers do you think you're peeling back or helping them peel back? You know, I mean, it's just a big fear of being immortalized. Um, you could be having a conversation with somebody and, and speaking and you're, you know, it's all coming out and then you point a camera on them and push that record button. And it's like, Oh, 
now everything I'm saying is is being documented and immortalized and it's you know it's uh implanted for everyone to see and hear and there there just gets this like it's like a check loop of oh am I saying this right did I say that right am I am I looking away am I not holding eye you know it's just all these like people check themselves constantly maybe to create this this um perfect example of themselves or who they want to be and you know i i i can relate to that too even getting <laughs> preparing for this podcast i'm like worried about how i'm going to sound or sounding really intelligent but i'm just like god it's you know we're all just here doing the best we can and the more authentically we can tell our story the better right absolutely yeah yeah and i mean i've worked with you a handful of times and it was so, i was so poor at this at the beginning <laughs> um <laughs> it's gotten a lot easier and uh yeah i mean two things that stand out for me that have helped a lot are number one looking the camera directly in like the hole of the lens mm -hmm. as if it's somebody's eye yep um and that that way it's like more like I can connect more. Yeah. And then also remembering that it's not about you. <laughs> it's, a, it's about your message. Mm -hmm. It's about your why it's about what you're pushing, what you're, what you're talking about. It's not about you. Nobody gives a shit about you. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so true, man. I know I, I can remember the first couple of times filming together and you would be so short in your breath. You'd be just breathing so shallow in your chest. And so easily, <laughs> so easily distracted if a bird flew by or someone's walking by. It's like you just weren't in yourself, you know? Yeah. And God, compared to the last time we filmed, it was such a vast difference. Um, yeah. But, you know, who we both become over those five or six years of working together. It's pretty awesome to see. Oh, it's it's great. And I'm, dude, I'm looking forward to just making more and more art throughout time <laughs> as we go along. Um <laughs> everybody should check out the new video it's on my instagram <laughs> at taylor g murals that josh did and it's on my facebook uh it was sweet and beautiful and awesome um yeah what i was gonna say though is that it's like mental uh multitasking because you're doing the one thing that you're trying to do which is speak and then you're mm -hmm. also uh like you said checking it at the same time mm -hmm. because and so you you can only like you know, it's thought that we can't actually multitask as humans in the physical world. And then you bring it into the mental world and it doesn't mm -hmm. work any different. It's not mm -hmm. like you can do it there. And like, and it's interesting because when the camera starts, then yeah, you realize that every thing that happens every second is being documented and then that it like echoes into eternity mm -hmm. in some fashion. I really, what's coming up in my head right now is, um, you know, I really attribute my abilities to do that uh, being in men's group as well. Um, being in Johnny Blackburn's group really taught me to attune into people's nervous systems and being able to read their bodies and how certain things land when they say and how certain things don't. And like, like land on you. Yeah. Or... Just land emotionally. You know, like when you ask somebody, what do, what do you mean by that? So if you, if I ask somebody a question, 
their how they receive it, what their body does if they uh, if they grunt or if they take a big breath in, it's like they tense up or if oh, they let out a big, you know, all these signs in the body and the nervous system um, really portray a lot of what's inside more than just the words. And I think I have a really good ability at this point to be able to read people's kind of fields. And, you know, if they're trying to talk to camera and delivering, you know, line X, Y, Z, I can just have a sense of like, oh, I didn't believe you on that. Or the way you raised your voice at the end sounds like you're don't even you're not sure about what you're saying or, um, you know, the, the little tonalities in a voice. It's like all these things just, uh, you know, have such a impact that people don't really realize when working with body energetics and delivering messages to camera, you know? Absolutely. I like that you bring up men's group because you invited me into your men's group. And this was such a cool trend. We, we just finished up the like season of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it was such a cool experience. Like so cool. <laughs> I, I, I feel like everybody in the world would benefit from these situations. And it's, it's basically people get together and then they like share what they're going through and then people reflect it back. And, one of the key elements when people are reflecting back to the person who shared is uh, you're not allowed to give advice, mm-hmm. which is, or like tell somebody what, what to do to fix their situation. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's one of the things that has molded you over all this time and practice into who you are as a listener, mm-hmm. because when you're talking to someone, when you're listening to someone, you don't tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Which I need to practice at that more. <laughs> I find myself. I still do that. <laughs> but but you're really good at it. And that's one thing that I feel like just makes it very easy to talk with you. I'm sure that people open up to you all the time everywhere. Yeah. Uh, everywhere you go. Because you just hit them in a different way. Like you don't try to explain things. You don't try to tell them what to do. Thanks, man. Yeah, I've I've always been a really good question asker i i completely am a a student of life and i love to learn and i love to ask questions and i love to be curious about things i don't know and i feel like that's really taken me far in life man um you know when you're in front of somebody that is knowledgeable about what they love and uh you can ask them really great questions they uh they respond to that as opposed to just kind of spitting information back at them. And, uh, I, I value that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Now I got some things here that I want you to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, why don't we go into all the travel that you've done? You have gotten to travel all over the world through videography. Mm -hmm. Um, what has that experience been like and what can you, what can you bring back for the people? Wow. Um, I have been so blessed and so fortunate um, through the Eco Life Conservation, the wonderful nonprofit in San Diego. And um, two major photo expeditions, one to Madagascar and another to Uganda. 
And um, freaking A, man. I just still just so often think how, how blessed I am. But again, um, it's who I am that, that got me there. And that makes me feel really awesome. But in what way? What do you feel like was a key element to getting you there? Mm. Hmm. Kind of what I was talking about before, you know, my my curiosity and my um, lovingness to learn about things I don't know. Um, I did a lot of volunteer video work for them. Um, my really good friend, Kate Cole, was an aquaponics man- manager at the time, and I loved what she was doing. They, they basically work with elementary schools in San Diego to um, set up and design aquaponics systems at schools to teach kids how to grow their own organic food. And um, they had never had any video. It was all just kind of, you know, emails to the donors about what was going on. And I was just like, I want to tell this story. And I made several videos and we went to the schools and interviewed the kids and showed the whole process. And then the founder, Bill, saw my work and was just like, wow, Josh, nobody's ever um, told our story the way you do. And um, we want to bring you along to Uganda and Madagascar to to help us tell that story over there. So it was, um, it's incredible, brother. Like literally the other side of the earth. I mean, if you drill the hole from California through the center of the earth, you'd come out at Madagascar on the other side. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, man, the perspective that it has given me and what really just kind of stands out is, you know, the children there have absolutely nothing. They're playing with balls made out of a plastic bag with rope tied around it until it's circular enough to kick on the ground. And they're just so happy and so much love and so much kindness to strangers, not from their world. Um, And that's again, for me, kind of beaming my light to them. And it was just so funny whenever we'd be in these super remote places we are you know we stayed in a village called Intanambao, which is you get there in a hollowed out canoe called a pirogue that you have to be um you know paddled down this river to get there and then a hike through a jungle and it's it's completely remote and removed from civilization but you know being welcomed in by by my smile and by my curious eyes and you know, we go through and people are looking at you and I have a camera in my hand and it's like, who is, who's this? And they're all straight faced. And as soon as I put my camera down and look them in the eyes and smile, they just smile right back and I lift my camera up and boom, get those shots of just that, that pure connection. You know, we don't speak the same language. We come from opposite, basically universes, but the connection through an open heart and a big smile and a willingness to learn about each other was that magic, magic combination over there that really um, just works. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a uh, eco life deals with saving the planet and saving the people at the same time. And um, please check out their website and donate if you can what they're doing. Um, 
in Mexico and all over Africa is just incredible with, um, you know, building fuel efficient stoves and saving resources, saving wood and trees from being cut down at a rate that is unsustainable. And at the same time, these people are cooking inside and breathing in the black smoke and, you know, killing so many smoke inhalation is the number one killer of people on the planet. I had no idea, but so, um, they take donor money and go to these places and build these fuel efficient stoves that save 90% more wood and, you know, keep people from making their lungs black and just working and being in that space is so just fills me with so much um, hope and joy. Like really that combination. I just want to really continue to do that in the future. And, and, um, it feels like such like meaningful work to me. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just... <laughs> it's so cool that you it's... went. It was like, it was just awesome seeing you go through the whole process. Um, uh, yeah. And you may or may not have gotten close to some gorillas. <laughs> I was about eight to 12 feet away from an 800 pound silverback gorilla yeah we went <laughs> gorilla tracking in in uh, the hills up in the mountains of Bwindi in uganda and whoo that was talk about being in the present moment man my heart is pounding out of my chest the sweat's dripping down the flies are everywhere i'm trying to balance on vines and brush and all this terrain and the whole time all the focus is keep that shot steady keep the shot steady keep it focused but when you're in that personal space of these large animals oh my god it was just a rush i will never forget man it was absolutely incredible took about six hours of hiking upward to find them and then we finally found the group and you get to spend about an hour with them but um it was incredible. It was just absolutely unreal. <laughs> and did you did you lock eyes at all with them, or are you not supposed to look them in the eyes? Mm, with the females, it's a lot easier. They they approach you so much more. I had a female just walk out on the path right in front of me and sit down basically on my feet, and I'm just like, oh my god! And then I just sat down, and I was just you know a foot and a half away from her as she just looked up at me and she laid on her back and she put her arms above her head and she was just staring up at me just like a a, a pin a pin model and it was uh but the the males i mean oh my god man this guy's head was as big as my entire torso it seemed like it was uh the most threatening beast i've ever been in front of in my life <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we went over there to actually. What was your read on him, like, energetically? Um, This is my land. You're a guest. I have absolute control, and I'm letting you be here right now. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> people are hiking up there on the daily, and all the guards and the trackers know them by name. And, you know, they can communicate with, oof, oof, oof. you know, they have their very guttural communications of, you know, respect, respectful boundaries. Yeah. You could say. 
Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And you also, I mean, you were interviewing a, a pygmy culture, correct? Yes. The, the Batois, the, um, they were the last remaining pygmies to live in the jungle in Uganda. And um, about 15, 20 years ago, a lot of government rules and regulations were switching and changing, and they gave the gorilla habitat con- conservation the high card and basically made the entire surrounding area a gorilla reserve and pushed all the batois out of the forest and into society. And, um, you know, they don't speak modern language. They have no craft social skills. And it's been a big, it's been a huge problem because they're not given much by the government as far as resources to live and being forced to integrate into society. And, um, you know, Ecolife was very aware of that and wanted to create an expedition to go over there and basically capture their stories of what it was like to live in the jungle, how it is like living out of the jungle and kind of the integration of the in-between. And so we took a um, anthropologist with us and a couple translators and we're able to, f- you know, spend time with about 20 Batois. They're about three and a half, four feet tall and um, just such nice, sweet people. And just really hear their experience of um, what it was like being removed and integrated into society. And, you know, there's been probably two generations of kids that have been born in in society now and they're trying to you know teach them their their old ways and mainly through dance dances how they stay connected to their heritage and their ancestry but man just again one of those experiences in those moments of being there you know all the build up the 37 hours of travel to get there and just me and my cameras you know documenting it all and just being in that moment of wow you're you're here doing this and this is such important humanitarian work. And I just felt um, just truly grateful to be chosen and um, taken there to do that work. And I really would love to continue doing that in my life. It just feels so good for me to do that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. (laughs) Um, all right, so we're going to switch gears a little bit here. Now, in 2016, in the end of August, mm. early September. It's a fun time. Yeah, I met up with you at a place called Black Rock Desert. <laughs> and you, myself, Dan Blocker, and Tony Waters, we all shared a hexa yurt for a week at a thing called Burning Man. Um, do you want to tell the people a little bit about that? Another life-changing experience. Um, God, man, where do I even begin? Burning Man, I could say truly 100% Burning Man changed my life. Um, Really more than anything, I think. How? What I took away from it is, is just seeing what the potential is for society without um, the burdens of money. Burning Man is a 100% giving culture. It's a giving experience, meaning there's no money allowed. There's no money passed back and forth. And wherever you go, 
people are just wanting to gift you things. Like we would try to be going to some event and along the way you get pulled over for have some pancakes or would you like a strawberry mojito? And then, you know, <laughs> somebody brings 20 gallons of strawberry mojitos and passes them out to everybody for a week. But like just feeling so taken care of at a constant basis without even asking for anything. Like I don't remember ever asking anyone for anything yet. I was completely taken care of for a week in that, um, in that dynamic, which was so you just don't experience that anywhere in life in normal society. Um, I just loved how everyone is kind of tuned into the same frequency of being so open and accepting of everybody. Like, you know, you walk down the road and you see an older couple just cooking outside completely naked and you like walk by and high five them. But if you walked by a couple cooking in their front yard naked out here, somebody would call the police on them. I mean, it's just, it's like the same situation, but completely reinvented rules of acceptance. And it's just, it's freaking unbelievable. Um, yeah. And I feel like uh, you can see that in the, the uh, acceptance of everybody. It's like, you can just, be completely yourself and nobody cares at all because everybody there is just kind of doing whatever they want however they want it's basically like you know don't infringe on anybody else right um, but you can wear what you want you can look how you want you can do whatever you want mm -hmm. within reason mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's so cool and there's eighty thousand basically 80,000 artists all coming together and sharing their creative ideas with each other. You know, it's like I was blown away on a constant basis on the amount of art there, like riding bikes for seven days and you will never see the same things twice. Just mind blown. How can this all be here? Mind exploding. How can this all be out here? How is this all happening? It was just <laughs> it was such a visual just fiesta and then and it's like art of all different kinds oh my god sculpture painting uh you know spoken word expression dance music like the people the, yeah everything and then being in the dr bronner's magic foam experience tent where for those who don't know dr bronner's puts a gigantic almost circus tent together that holds about 300 people with, you know, bouncy, super happy, high vibe music playing. And they have a, a foam. Um, what would you call it? Uh, it's kind of like a, it's like a car wash for humans. There you go. Yep. So basically you're, you know, in dirt for five, six days and, um, they just provide this foam experience where everybody goes in and gets hosed off with this lavender uh, soapy foam. And uh, the only thing is there's no clothes allowed in this experience. So it's about 300 people naked together, but no sexual energy. Like that was just such a part of the acceptance experience for me. It was like, okay, those are your parts. Those are your parts. You have those parts, here are my parts, and we all just 
have different parts and that's okay. Like that was such a freeing experience for me. I've never been naked in front of a whole bunch of people before, but right. um, it was, it was just fantastic. It was so liberating and exciting and um, communally joyous. It was, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, I mean, it also challenges you. Mm. Like, what was that? What was that like for you? Hmm. Again, in the context of doing that here, if we went to a party somewhere and that was happening, it would be such a different thing. But um, being in that safety of full acceptance of each other, I, it felt okay. And I was just like, yeah, this is edgy, but I'm okay with it. And it was great. <laughs> it's so funny too because like talking about this to anyone who hasn't been they're gonna be like what the fuck right not going oh there? for sure um <laughs> but it's like you experience it and it's a whole different thing and right uh, it was like you wash like literally everyone was washing each other's backs like you know i got your back you got mine i'm looking out for you and it just was so safe and such a positive experience <laughs> yeah and then there's i mean there's just so much to it and then there's like going out at night and everything's all lit up and there's like party cars driving around and all the i feel like one of the coolest parts for me is the uh just the inventiveness mm -hmm. of everybody mm -hmm. like there's all these just like quote-unquote art pieces that are actually like multimedia interactive things and like things light up when you look at them a certain way and like do like there's so many mind-blowing things. You're like, holy crap, this exists. Oh, my gosh. I think Burning Man has such a, a social stigma of like a dirty hippie festival. But yep. it is so not that. I mean, there is so much intelligence and organization and um, execution for these things. I mean, the, the complexity of some of this art um, from start to finish, you know, having the idea and then actually, you know, the metalwork and the framing and the electric and all of it. It's just when it all comes together, it is such an artistic extravaganza. I, I can't even, it's like you can't even put words to it. You just have to go. Yep. Yep. Well, and another thing that blew me away was that all of this is done for zero money, like no monetary gain going on here. Right. So, like to, for people to put that much time and energy into it, it's like it blew me away the first time. I'm like, I it, it like short circuited my <laughs> like contemporary American artist brain. Mm. And uh, but I see that when by doing something like that, where the parameters are so large, you have to deal with so many challenges, you have to really think things through, and then like the execution is just this huge scale. You go through that, and then everything else in the real world is just that much easier. So like you said, like the possibility of things, I feel like that's one place where, because there's no rules, you can just kind of do whatever. Like the, it, it brings your creative brain out completely to like expand your mind and your, your ideas of what can be possible. Oh, hundred percent, man. I know pushing your, pushing yourself to an edge and past it will will benefit you for the rest of your life i feel you know i i, yeah. I climbed mount whitney with uh, four other friends almost two years ago now and the feeling i had in my body 
reaching that top of 14,800 and something feet, the fact that I did that myself, my own two feet climbed the highest peak in Northern America, that like that imprinted in my nervous system forever. And I was just like, wow, I, I did that. And I can really do anything that I'd try to do. And I just remember the feeling of coming back into town, you know, the day after and walking in kind of like to the, to the breakfast spot. I felt like we were like the, the dirty, hairy cowboy crew walking in town, like gunslinging, just like, you can't mess with me. You can't, <laughs> you got nothing on me, man. I just hiked to the top of that thing and you can see it in the distance, but it was just like thinking about, Oh, when you get a bad email or, you know, get into a bad interaction with somebody or have this big gig that I feel insecure about. And it's just like the fact that I did something to that level of out of my comfort zone to something so far past what I would normally do. And then to actually do it like <clears throat> it just really anchored in that feeling of like, I'm stronger than I think I am. And that'll be with me forever. Yeah, which leads to more growth, more challenges. And it's just like, you just lean into that, that like edge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm completely, I can just fully admit that I most of the time live in a comfort bubble. I, I uh, have noticed that about myself. And um, I just want to thank all my friends who, support me and push me to move past that because that's that's really where the real growth is mm, yep yep those friends they must uh <laughs> they must say some interesting things every once in a while <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right all right i got let's let's bring it back together here josh let's get it together uh i've got some questions for you here all right just like rapid, okay, no. just like rapid answer on the buzzer. What are we doing here? Um, a little bit. Okay. We're, we're ramping the energy up. We're we're bringing it back home. Uh, <laughs> we were out at the playa there for a minute, and uh, we we came back to yeah. the planet. It's, it's... All right. So, <laughs> so the first one is, uh, what advice would you give your younger self? Mm. Younger meaning like ten to fifteen years old. Mm. Hmm. The advice I would give my 10 year old self is to keep, keep shooting, keep doing it. Um, the more I do anything, the better I get at it. And it's easy for me to, again, kind of do enough, but not keep going that extra mile a lot of times. And, um, that's the advice I got from a lot of my professors at UCSD is just keep shooting. See if you can do something you like to do, do your craft a little bit every day and just keep that momentum going because man, when I build up a good momentum with something and things are rolling in and I'm feeling good and then I let that slide, even if it's for like a week, it's hard to get that momentum back. So I guess what I would say to my younger self is, keep the momentum going. Nice. What, what in you, or what are the things that hold you back from that? 
Um, fear of not being good enough. Um, fear of not being perfect. Fear of putting myself out there. Fear of really being seen. Um, yeah, I've kind of struggled with that a lot in my adult life. Just really, truly putting myself out into the world and really letting people see me. I think I've, I enjoy being a little more incognito, you know, on the backside of the camera. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, the more I am coming home to myself, it feels better and better to have that be okay to just be me. Hell yeah. Oh, that, that sounds like it feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, I have a birthday coming up. I'm going to be 43 next week. And, man, 43 is sounding older than 41 and even 42. But I really feel like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, like 40s are the mastery years. I've really done a lot and experienced a lot in life at this point and it feels a lot better in myself to be myself with my current self that I am now yeah 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 I like that good um all right we're gonna switch to the next question now this is uh what is the creative element in you that you're most grateful for the creative element in me that I am most grateful for. Hmm. It's a good question, Taylor. Is it? I don't know if I've ever thought about that before. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you got? First thought, best thought. First thought, best thought. Um, uh, my my ability to experience people for who they are. Um, but that's not really my creativity. It got me kind of stumped on this one. Hmm. I mean, it definitely goes with your creativity, with your creative element. Yeah. It's not an easy one. This, <laughs> you, this, I've been asking people questions and this is a new one. Ah. So, um, you know, it, it can just be a tough question. I don't know. We'll see how other people answer it. Um, here, we'll move on. And if, if something comes to you, then you'll say it. Okay. Uh, if you could have your way, everything goes your way that you want it to. Nothing gets in your way and stops you from it. Uh, what does five years from now look like? Now, this part has has two parts. Uh, the first one is a global scale, and then the the second part is a personal scale. Mm-hmm. I would love to see myself working globally, continuing to travel outside of the United States, and creating media that has a positive impact on our planet. Um, there's a show called Tales by Light and a couple of the episodes were photographers going to, to Bangladesh and um, 
basically taking this guy was taking portraits of these young uh, exploited children who were working at like the ages of 10 or under, you know, and ended up creating this whole campaign and having his portraits displayed in New York Times Square and, you know, basically getting global recognition of his work to end that terrible system. And it just hit me like, man, that, that, I want that. Like, I want to use my skills and my talents to help create media that has a positive impact for positive change for the planet. Hell yeah. And where that is in five years, I don't know, but um, definitely towards that direction. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then do you have uh, what, you would, what you'd like to see globally? What I'd like to see globally? Yeah, like in five years, what would you like this, the world to look like? <clears throat> the first thing that I heard was just more compassion. Um, you know, the world is such a united place as far as what the internet and what Facebook and everything has done to connect us all together. And I just think there's so much compassion missing still for being compassionate to people that are different from you and understanding them and not trying to shame them or make them wrong because they have different beliefs than you. I think I would love to see more compassionate understanding in all the continents on the planet in five years from now. Good answer. Very, <laughs> very good answer. I like that. Um, all right. I got, I got one last question here and that is what's your definition of art? Hmm. My definition of art, I think art is, I think art is the soul's creative expression. I don't even know if it's necessarily a human expression because I've seen elephants paint and I think that is pretty freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's the soul's emotional outreach into um, the physical manifestations that we perceive in a 3D reality. Um, art can be three rocks arranged in a bed of sand, or it can be a ceiling <laughs> in the Vatican. Um, art is, art is the movement of the soul's yearning to express itself, not through, well, that's not true, not through words, because there's tons of art that contain words, but I'm thinking more of art done with hands, but, um, man. <laughs> art, I like it. Yeah, art is art is the soul's creative expression. There we go. That's perfect. Yeah, that's great. Um, 
what the quote that that just brought up for me for me uh i actually texted this to somebody today and so it's fresh in my mind but this artist named robert henry um henri said uh the point is not to make art the point is to be in that creative space where art making is inevitable Mm. and it's cool that you mentioned the soul and the way that I've heard it talked about in different places is there's the soul and there's the ego. The mm-hmm. ego is it is your mind. It's like the monkey mind that's always trying to do, do, do. Mm-hmm. And then the soul is the space where you're in when you're comfortable, you're not feeling threatened, you're relaxed, and um, you're more, you're in the being space. Mm-hmm. And you can still do things from the being space, but when you do, they're so much more powerful. Oh my gosh, and, man. Right? I can totally relate to that. Yeah. And that's, that's the creative space where if you're in that space, then you're going to want to draw or sing or paint. Mm-hmm. It's not going to feel like force. Cause I've, exper- so- I've experienced exactly what you were saying. My ego getting in the way of my artistic process. Like for example, uh, in the later years of my photography, walking around with the camera before clicking a frame that I wanted to take thinking, can I sell this? Mm, probably not. So what's the point of taking it? And it was yeah. just like, oh, it was so deflating when, when art comes to the point where it's, how can I make money off it? And if I can't, what's the point? Like, it's, it's just depressing talking about it, right? Like, but, you know, I still kind of experience that even with drawing. It's just like, what am I going to do with this after I draw it? Just put it in a drawer in my desk and there's just another piece of art in the house you know instead of just enjoying the process of creation yeah 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 and that's uh ego (laughs) right well and there's like judgment laid in like ego bases uh is based in sort of like a a negativity or like a grab for energy Mm -hmm. and so there's like judgments on is this good enough is this like gonna stack up and all these things and uh it's funny. I mean, what you're talking about, I think, is the the duality of the free space to create and how it sort of sits outside of monetary value. Mm-hmm. And then the transition into this reality that we live in where it's capitalism and there's monetary value on everything, mm-hmm. including time, energy, everything. Mm-hmm. So and like art sort of is like a round peg in a square hole. For that situation mm-hmm. and it's like the way to to really enjoy art and to do good art is to like not sort of like somehow not care about the monetary value of it right or what it's going to be used for or its purpose but yeah you know like i was telling you a couple weeks ago it's just i haven't created a video just for me just for the sake of creating something in a long time yeah and I've kind of lost that joy of creation when you get wrapped up in just doing work for clients and having to make a living. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's a trap that a lot of people get, mm-hmm. get in, especially when you know, they fall in love with it for the magic and then they use the magic to make money and make a living. And then they fr- like devalue the magic itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just like use the formulas. And I think that that's when people get like stale on their work and they get, 
just exhausted of it because they, you know, they don't love it anymore. Cause it's like, you're not in a space of love mm-hmm. to make the art anymore. So mm-hmm. of course you don't love it. And I've been there too. Completely. And lately I've found a lot of love and uh, finding art in my garden. You know, we've been, we've been uh, connecting with our plants and curating them and trimming them and, you know, almost treating the garden as a canvas to create an artistic space in. And that's been, very nurturing for me lately. Oh, absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about there. It's yeah. the best. <laughs> All right. We got we to gotta wrap it up here. We got about five minutes and we got a lot to get through here. Gosh. So um, my uh, next thing on the list. Great answer, by the way. That was awesome. Um, next thing is uh, my acknowledgement of my guest. The reason, you know, me explaining the reason you're here and you're just such a great fixture uh in like our community in our circle of friends in my life um your like your artistic eye and your understanding of all these concepts your I, I feel like your artistic and um your interpersonal iq are both just sharply like perfectly attuned and uh very high and and it's just a pleasure, man. It's a, uh, it's awesome rolling through life with you. Mm. <laughs> Thanks. So, so much, I wanted man. to have you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. That really feels good to hear. And I just, I just want to say my love for you, dude. Like Taylor is a true artist. I mean, I've been around and seen a lot of artists in my life, but literally a handful Taylor's in that hand and your understanding of art. And I've always just said he, Taylor gets it. Like he freaking gets it. The way you can see shape and gesture shape and the shape just flows through you so effortlessly and the way you frame things and the way you just are able to just push your thoughts through your hands and out to your canvases is uh very inspirational to me you are a true artist my friend (laughs) thank you yeah appreciate it (laughs) much appreciated (laughs) and that's why we keep going that's it that's it um yeah man i'm looking forward to those 40 the 40s you know the time of mastery oh yeah really dive in um well yeah where uh where can people connect with you would you like them to connect with you would you like them to follow someone else uh like ecolife or... <laughs> i mean yes definitely go to ecolife google them they're awesome but um you can find me at joshmcmurtry.com j-o-s-h-m-c-m-u-r-t-r-i-e um that will bring you to my video showcase page i'm actually in the process of creating a website myself this week thank you raj um but another thing man to tell you the truth i have been so blessed i have been working a hundred percent referral for the last five years i have not needed a website i haven't had to advertise one single bit and i just feel so stoked that i get to work uh, within a circle of friends and comrades doing what i love to do and helping them do it it's been amazing hell yeah Referrals are good. I know. It's a good sign. (laughs) 
Um, nice. All right. Well, you have 55 seconds to to say any sort of final thoughts you got on <laughs> life, art, whatever. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you got for the people? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I hope we can just all uh, find a way to truly express who we are. You know, this whole situation going on this year, everyone has been so tucked away, and I'm sure everyone's had a lot of time to do some inner work and inner discovery and find out if we're all really doing what we want to be doing. And I just want to urge you to follow that intuition. You know, what I've really found for myself is my intuition always knows the right way. And um, if we're doing things because we're used to doing them and we have some little ping inside of us that it's not the right thing, I just want to remind um, everyone to listen to that inner calling because ultimately we create our own happiness and we create our own bliss. And um, there's no better time than right now to tune into what that is. Dude. I believe that's what they call a mic drop. (laughs) Very well. Very good. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, Josh, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Thank you so much for having me, dude. This has been real fun. And thank you for creating this for all the fellow artists out there. And (laughs) um, I can't wait to see what happens in the future for both of us. Yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. Onward onward and upward. (laughs) Awesome. Cheers, bro. Awesome. So that, my friends, was Josh McMurtry. Josh uh, and I have we've had a lot of awesome times together. He's he's one special human being. Uh, I hope that you get the chance to interact with him personally sometime. Uh, there's something really interesting that happens when you're in certain people's presence and they are fully present with you. It's like. It's kind of like the zone thing that I'm talking about all the time, how like it almost seems like time slows down or sort of doesn't exist at all. And you just like chill there and you're comfortable. It's it's really a cool thing. Like when people when people are caught up in their own worlds, when they're not really listening, you can feel it. And then you you don't feel comfortable being there with them. Like you feel like they want to be somewhere else. And uh, when you get that, where someone's just fully keyed in with you, it's like, it really makes a difference. And it's really cool. It's something to think about and, you know, a place where we can all grow. I can definitely grow in that respect where we can just be more present for each other, uh, for whatever you're going through. And Josh uses it to help his videography. And I think we can all use it and it'll definitely help out in whatever whatever you're doing, whatever I'm doing, wherever we're at. Um, just that little bit of presence can really like just add another layer of comfort to the situation. So yeah, definitely say what's up to Josh. Tell him what you thought of the interview. Send him any ideas, any questions about anything that you got. 
Feel free to reach out to me. I'm at Taylor G Murals on Instagram. And check out EcoLife. EcoLife is a really fantastic organization. They're doing really, really cool things around the world. Uh, look them up, say what's up. Uh, I got the exact link in the show notes for you. And yeah, go out and be creative. What are you doing? What are you doing with yourself right now when you're listening to this podcast? I'm always really curious because I listen to podcasts when I paint and it's great. Are you listening when you're driving to work? Are you listening when you're on a run? Are you making art in the studio? Like what, when are you listening to this? Um, yeah, I'm tagging a bunch of people on this one. So I want to see, I want to hear from you. Reach out to me. Tell me what's, tell me what you're doing. Cool. Again, thank you to all for listening. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you're helping, you're helping fuel the energy of this experiment. So cheers. Cheers.